Hello and welcome back to Remember This, a podcast that is part book club, part TV and film vault and part time capsule. As we take you back to all the childhood pop culture stuff you may or may not have consumed. I'm Matt Bentley Viney and I'm joined this evening by my beautiful and lovely co-host. Gemma Bentley Viney. Is it okay if I called you beautiful? Is that, that's not very professional, is it? That's fine. But I think you are. No, thanks. <laughs> How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Very well, and been quite excited for this episode for quite a long time, actually. I've been looking forward to one of the TV shows in particular. And the other one, I didn't really watch. So I was like, yeah, let's let's give that a go. I didn't realise it was going to be 40 minutes one, the one I chose, but I enjoyed it. And do we have anything in the mailbag this week? Let me just have a look. Hang on. I mean, that doesn't sound anything like a mailbag. Lobby! <laughs> Are you woken up, Meg? <laughs> There is an email here. It's from Laura R. Love the podcast. Pingu was one of my faves as a kid. Always look forward to downloading and listening to every week's Remember This episode. I think you should do Rosie and Jim, SpongeBob SquarePants, Arthur and Hey Arnold. Amazing shows. Look forward to the next one. Thanks for writing in, Laura. Good recommendations. A few of them are on the list. Rosie and Jim is coming very soon, I think. I'm excited for Rosie and Jim. I loved Rosie and Jim. So yeah, thank you for your email. I really appreciate it. And before we jump into this week's episode, this is very much in the style of Remember This, as it's a month late. But (laughs) on Twitter, I think it was CBBC themselves tweeted an image and it caused an absolute uproar on the internet. It almost broke the internet. What is it? You know those memes where it's like, that makes you sound so old. You know those memes. You know one of those memes that are going around on the internet? <laughs> but yes. <laughs> it's one of those where it's like a graph. And then on the left-hand side, you've got four different categories. Legend tier, top tier, mid tier, hmm tier. Hmm. I think that was their very PG way of saying rubbish tier. But because it's their own TV shows, they couldn't do it. And CBBC basically have compiled all of the TV shows that they have shown on their channel over the years, the decades, and they've put them into this list. You haven't seen it. So what I would like you to do is guess what do you think is in the legend tier and what's in the hmm tier? Chuckle Vision's in the legend tier. Uh-uh. Really? Okay. Uh, Where do you think Chuckle Vision is? Maybe one below. Uh-uh. <gasps> That's really mean of them. They are legends. I can't think of many CBBC legends. Tracy Beaker, is she in the legend here? Does she make the tears? She makes it. She is not in the legend here. I can confirm that. <gasps> okay. What about Dick and Dom? Yep. They're on the list. Are they legend? They're not legends, are they? They are the opposite of legends. They're in a hmm tier. I would disagree with that. I wasn't a huge Dick and Dom fan, but I wouldn't have put them in the hmm category. <laughs> I don't know. Tell me. Oh, Teletubbies? Were they CBBC? Well, no, because they weren't CBBC, they were too young, weren't they? CBBS. Tell me who's on the list. In the legendary tier, we have Horrible Histories. Oh, okay. I 100% agree with that. Horrible Histories is so good. I don't even count it as CBBC. I count it as British legends. (laughs) British legends. National treasure. 
No, they are very good, and I love the books, actually. I the, read the books before I watched the TV we show. We should see the movie, actually. I don't know if it's still showing, but the TV show, I was far too old to be watching it, but it's, oh, it was brilliant. I remember it won. This is when the comedy awards still used to be shown on TV, and it was always a really great watch because the presenters were always drunk. I think Jonathan Ross did it every year, and it was always very chaotic. And they won Best like Comedy Show. Oh. And obviously it was such a shock because it's they're a, a children's show. show. Oh, I just remember thinking, this is amazing. I have a retraction to make. Dick and Dom in the bungalow is in the legend tier. <gasps> the legend of Dick and Dom is in the hmm tier. So that's my mistake. Okay. I've never heard of the legend of Dick and Dom. So so if- moving along, you've got 50-50. Legend? Yep. <laughs> I liked 50-50. Was I always good. enjoyed it, but legend. No, it was a good TV show. I've never heard of this. The secret show. No. Am I high? Don't know that one. Oh, that's going to be quite big. We're too old for that one, but it's going to be good. Raven. I'm glad that's in there. Absolute classic. I wouldn't put it in legend, though. Would you not? No. You have lost a life. I wouldn't put it in legend. I'd put it in second, one below legend. Prank Patrol is in the legend. Not heard of that. It's the one where they've got the helicopter in the thumbnail. Trapped. Never heard of that. And then there's a load of others I just don't know. You've got uh, Sorry, I'm Out of Your Head, The Slammer, The Sarah Jane Adventures. I have heard of that. That's Isn't going that to be very Doctor- good. Is that to do with Doctor Who? Potentially. But in the top tier, the one below, you've got Moan of the Vampire. That Again, should be legend tier. I know. I love Moan of the Vampire, but I wouldn't associate her as being like a legend or even that good. I'd maybe put a middle way. S-U-P-D. Basil Brush oh, is in top tier. I can't stand Basil Brush, but he's a legend. Was Lee Mack in that? Basil Brush. What? Oh, I've, I've, I have this like memory that Lee Mack's in it with Basil Brush. I think so. We actually saw Basil Brush live when we went to see the filming of The Last Leg. And um, yeah, the week after that, Ricky Gervais was on. So <laughs> I we, know who I would rather have seen. We were a bit gutted with that one. But... No, boom, boom. It was amazing. Yeah. Young Dracula is in top tier. Smart. <gasps> Oh, yeah, okay. I think, again, not legend here, but they, they should be up there. So I'm happy with that one. Tracy Beaker. Okay, happy with that one. And mid-tier, you've got Bamzuki. I remember, what is that? Is that when it's like things fighting each other? I remember that. I watched that. I've never heard of that one. I think it's where they design these little like insect creature things and then they fight each other. A bit like Robot Wars, but it's done that on... sounds ridiculous. It was quite good, actually. I quite enjoyed it. No, I hated Robot Wars, and though. Then, Chuckle Vision. Oh, that is awful. That is actually quite outrageous. Translation Impossible. Mm-hmm. Parachute? Don't Get know. 100. Don't know. I think I watched Get 100. It's another like, game show. Shaun the Sheep. Shaun the Sheep should be a lot higher than that. Again, Shaun the Sheep similar with Horrible Histories for me. I don't even associate it in that category. It's such a... I'm very annoyed about some of these in the hum tier. Shaun the Sheep is such an icon. I wouldn't even associate with CBC. It's, that should be legend here, surely. I never watched a TV show. Neither did fairness. I, but Shaun the Sheep. Yeah, he's, it's Shaun the, he's an it's iconic Wallace and Gromit. It's Wallace yeah. and Gromit, basically. You don't put Wallace and Gromit don't down there. Don't mess with them. Right, who's on the hmm tier? The Legend of Dick and Dom. It looks like a Monty Python ripoff, so yeah. I'd be fair, I'd, I'd probably be into that. Dennis the Menace, <gasps> controversially. Oh my God, yeah, that is not on. The Deadly 60. I used to love The Deadly Never 60. Never heard of Deadly 60. What's that about? I think it's Steve Backshaw or Ben Fogel, one of those guys. And it's basically looking at the deadliest animals and wildlife on earth. I used to love it. It was on before school. Oh my god! What was that one called? Where it was all the white, the what, really wild show. Really wild show. Was oh, good I as loved well. that. But I preferred Deadly Sixty because it was like this is number forty-five on the list. 
the stinging sting nettle ant. Brilliant. You learned a lot from that show, clearly. TMI is on here. Don't Never know, watched that. No. Sounds quite old, though, if it's called TMI. This upsets me. Controversially, News Round. <gasps> I loved News Round. News Round gave me life. I didn't, I mean, I didn't love News Round. But it was short. I didn't hate it. They did an amazing job of compressing the horrible daily news and making it into a fun bite-sized kind of like, oh, look at what's going on in the world around yeah. you. Is Blue Peter not on the list? Uh, no. <gasps> I mean, that's silly in itself. Blue Peter, surely. Okay, Maybe so... it's not CBBC. I don't know. Oh, I'm don't pretty know. sure it is. I, c- I can't believe they put Dennis the Menace because, again, Dennis Menace is such an iconic figure. I put Tracy Beaker in the second. She can stay in the second category. I agree with that. I would put Watch My Chops in the legend tier. Oh, no, that's definitely in the hmm tier no, for me. No, 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 I would put it there. I loved 50-50, though. I'm glad that's getting recognition. I did also really enjoy 50-50, but I'd never think, oh, you know what? That's legendary. What are your thoughts on this tier? We'll put in the show notes a link to the tweet so you can have a look for yourself at the different shows and what they're mentioned. Because you might know them. We didn't know all of them. That's the problem. And, um, you know, we might have been talking rubbish about something that's actually amazing. So email us at rememberthisquestionmark at gmail.com if you have any even recommendations to add to the list. Yeah, please let us know. We're always looking for new shows um, to watch and include in this podcast. And um, it's remember this question mark is in question mark the word, not the symbol. And it's probably a good time now just to mention thank you very much for listening and engaging with the podcast. We really appreciate it. We're doing this on a Sunday. It's both our days off. But it's really nice to hear what you all think about it because that's kind of why we're doing it. It's fun to watch the shows and talk about them, but it's also fun to kind of hear what you all think too. So please do email in, remember this question mark at gmail.com and rate and review the podcast because that really, really helps us. Well, yeah, like Matt said, we do this on our days off. It's currently a Sunday evening. I'm trying to do this as quickly as I can before watching Strictly Come Dancing results, which I'm excited for. So if we're talking like this and this is, oh, what do you think of the podcast, Emma? Yeah, it's really great, thanks. What do you think about it? Yeah, Mr. Blobby, that was really good. This, that's why. If we're speaking as if it's like times five, blame Strictly. <laughs> so shall we go into the first TV show? I mean, is there any way you can introduce Mr. Blobby? Blobby! Blobby, Blobby, Blobby! Oh, I'm not. You can do a better impression, actually. I did a better pinky one. No, I can't do it. Our dog is looking at us as if we're lunatics. Mr. Blobby is a character featured on Noel Edmonds' Saturday Night Variety BBC TV show Noel's House Party, portrayed by Barry Killaby and was the brainchild of British comedy writer Charlie Adams, a writer for the show. He is described as a bulbous pink figure covered with yellow spots. He has a permanent toothy grin and green jiggling eyes. Mr. Blobby communicates only by saying the word Blobby, expressing his mood through the tone of voice and repetition. Fun fact, he topped the UK singles chart with the 1993 Christmas release, Mr. Blobby. Take it away, Blob.
And Mr. Blobby first appeared in 1992 in the Gotcha segment. And he went on from there doing lots of different, like, sketches, I guess you would call them. And that's what we watched today. We watched two different sketches. Mr. Blobby was also the subject of his own theme park at Crinkly Bottom. He had his own kind of area called Blobbyland. And basically in the 90s, he was the big thing. He was like the Gangnam style of the 90s almost. Everyone knew who he was. Everyone knew the song. I really don't know why. What was your relationship with Mr. Blobby? I feel like he just used to turn up. I don't really remember ever choosing to watch him. He would just kind of turn up on programmes and just turn up. Well, it's interesting you say that because he made a lot of guest appearances on different TV shows. Because even when Matt was like, oh, we need to talk about Mr. Blobby, I'm like, I never remember him having his own TV show. And he never actually technically did. He just Mm. used to do cameos and do sketches for other shows. And that is how I remembered him. I never... I don't think I ever really enjoy. I think I probably find him really frightening. I know um, quite a few people. I think my cousin actually had Mr. Blobby like come to her like birthday party and lots of children were scared. Well, I'm um, not surprised. He's terrifying. He is absolutely terrifying. But I just remember him turning up to things and me just being like, well, can't wait for this to end. But also when he's appearing like live in person, I don't understand how that works because other than just, you know, he's in the costume and he's there. How do they do the voice? Because they alter it like with editing so when he's live is he just silent no i think you can like speak in it i don't know it's just electronically like when you put on a darth vader mask and you talk oh do you think there's something built into Mm. the costume that allows the person inside when they say blobby it goes all horrible and scary yeah, I mean, or you could just have a recording of it. I mean, it's not like, how, oh, what is he going to say? Oh, we don't know what he's going to say. Well, you do know what he's going to say. He's going to just say his name multiple times. But just to speak to the popularity of Mr. Blobby, he appeared on The Generation Game, Dead Ringers, Harry Hill's TV Burp, Dick and Dom in the Bungalow, Ant and Dec's Saturday Night Takeaway, Live and Kicking. Oh, I used to love Live and Kicking. And Get Your Own Back. So he is, he was a phenomena. I just can especially re-watching it this is the worst show we've watched so far <laughs> it was awful by <laughs> miles but it was like offensively bad as well like it, it wasn't it was like insulting to your personal to taste. taste it yeah. was just you, you how is this a thing and i can believe it because we even quickly googled it before we started recording so i was like surely not so it was on noel edmund's fun house is it called Fun House? Called house fun- Party. Noel's House, house party. party. Close enough. It's an evening show. Imagine settling down with your takeaway on a Saturday night and watching that. I can't believe that Adults was... would have watched that. The prime time Saturday night TV show, Noel Edmonds, <laughs> doing a house party and then there's Mr. Blobby. And the sketches are so cringy. I do just sort of think that how far we have come with TV is brilliant, really, especially kind of thinking that was prime time telly. I mean, we're watching The Circle at the moment, and I think that is just just chalk and cheese compared to even Big Brother. I think it's so much more interesting. Well, yeah, exactly. I also find it quite strange when you think about it. It has, um, Saturday Night TV has changed quite a lot, and it has come a lot more adult-focused, maybe. So The Circle and Big Brother, I remember growing up, and I was not allowed to watch Big Brother. There was a Nicky Graham one as well, so I was gutted. Oh, yeah, and it's like Mikozy, you know, doing... Oh, yeah, like, there's a reason I wasn't allowed to watch Lewd it. Things in the but I remember tub. being sad that I wasn't allowed. And obviously, yeah, Saturday Night TV used to be very, very kid-focused. Well, family-friendly, I yeah. guess. Did you remember any specific shows you used to watch on a Saturday night growing up? 
all the time, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? I really remember <gasps> yeah. watching that with mum and dad and my brother and loving it. Just... I still remember watching the one where he won the million and it was all that coughing thing and it became that big scandal. Scylla Black was a big one in oh, my yeah. household. Yeah, um, Blind Date. Blind Date. <laughs> and also Surprise, Surprise. No, I didn't really watch Surprise, Surprise. But we watched Blind Date a lot. Yeah, I remember mainly kind of watching Scylla Black and then obviously when I got a bit older, Anton Deck's Saturday Night Takeaway, which is still going strong today. I think they are the ones that are kind of still killing it in that game where it's family friendly but still adults can enjoy like you and me could not sit down on a Saturday night and watch Noel Edmonds and Mr Blobby doing a sketch it would feel really strange for two people <laughs> with no child present to be consuming that definitely because even through the keyhole now which is a very family friendly show they've got Keith Lemon giving it some edge exactly so it doesn't feel like anymore you've got those hybrid proper family friendly show apart from Anton Dex Saturday Night Takeaway that yeah. is still the main one really isn't it although we did used to watch do you remember when there always used to be a game show I think Nick Knowles presented it around um the lottery so they would do a game no. show first and then they would do the lottery on BBC One no I never used to watch the lottery show thing so yeah I used to watch that and then Casualty or Holby City one of those used to watch. no it couldn't have been Holby it must have been Casualty on a Saturday night I swear it used to be sometimes on a Saturday night. So, yeah, I mean, watching this, I agree with you, it's the worst thing we've watched on this podcast so far. And it's just because, like, we'll play some clips so you get a feeling of what Blobby is about. There's great excitement today as we await the arrival of the most famous jet-setter of the age. Here comes his car now. Oh, Mr. Blobby seems to be upset about something. It seems the driver's roof rack has fallen off in the journey. So you've got Noel Edmonds kind of narrating these sketches, and the two sketches we watched was Mr. Blobby goes shopping, and was it Mr. Blobby goes, goes to the airport? To the airport. Goes on holiday. It is just the most one-dimensional slapstick comedy, isn't it? There's no joke. It's just. A guy or woman in a Mr. Blobby outfit falling over repeatedly and saying Blobby all the time. And considering it went on for so many years and it was such a big staple, I don't know if it was one of these things where it started off as a joke. You know, we sort of think, oh, wouldn't it wouldn't be funny if, you know, he was a big deal. And then people were like, oh, yeah, it's funny because it's bad. And then all of a sudden they like created a monster where it was just on every TV show and such a famous, famous figure in the early 90s. I have a feeling I may have even gone to Blobbyland. I would need to get that confirmed. I need to wait and get it confirmed. But I'm almost certain either my mum and dad or my granddad took me there. Because it was also, um, they had quite a few Noddy attractions and my brother loved Noddy. I may have gone. It was, there's amazing footage as well of it um, when it was deserted. It didn't last that long, guys. Rest in peace, Mr. Blobbyland. But um, it all went overgrown. It looks cool deserted. I'd, I'd more want to go to deserted Mr. Blobbyland than Mr. Blobbyland. You've just had an insight into what Gemma likes to watch on YouTube. Every now and then we'll go through a phase of just watching loads of five deserted theme parks. Look at what they are now. I do like those sort of shows. We watched one about Mr. Blobbyland and my favourite thing I learned is there was loads of complaints from neighbours because they could hear um, noise coming from the theme park and it was a doorbell for Mr. Blobby's house that just went blobby, blobby, blobby. Oh God, could you imagine? It would give you nightmares. 
And that's amazing. I'm going to say, like, looking at it, if you're listening to this and you've never seen or heard of Mr. Blobby, you're like, what, what are they talking about? It can't be that bad. Go now. Keep listening because, you know, we want you to stay here. But Google Mr. Blobby just so you can see what he looks like. He is the ugliest, just horrible. You're right. It makes me think almost an artist has created it as some kind of statement on we can get people to like anything. Yeah. Okay, like, it's like bad taste epitomised, isn't it? He's bright, he's blotchy. He embodies everything bad about the 90s. Yeah, excess. He just He's excess, isn't he? He's over the top, he's really brash, he's very annoying, very one-dimensional. It's just all of these very... It just embodies all the bad things to do with the 90s. And do you know what's funny? Like, go back, and um, well, we've been going back anyway, these last five, six episodes... And I always do get a little twang of like nostalgia. I'm like, oh yeah, no, that was nice. Oh no, I can see why people like this. I have no idea why people liked this. Like, I, I just have no idea. In my head, I used to think Mr. Blobby wasn't funny, but just like, oh, he's a kooky character. Watching this back, I'm like, oh my God, why did I like him? Mr. Blobby likes to be comfortable. So it's important that he's happy with the seating arrangements. <laughs> After all that lifting, Mrs. Blobby has to rest her weary self. Whoops! <laughs> and off she goes. Just as well she's not wanted on the voyage. I don't think I ever liked him, so I, I could be happy that, you know, even as a child, I had relatively good enough taste for me to shun Mr. Blobby and be like, <laughs> yeah. no, I will not participate in this. I really hope there's... We have a few listeners that aren't from the UK, and I just really hope this is their, like, first... We're introducing somebody to Mr. Blobby because it's so strange. It's so, so weird. And for this to be such a big, big deal, why? The noise, everything about it is just... It's anxiety-inducing. It can good, it honestly could give you a migraine. So I don't even know whether we should go in and describe what happens in the two episodes because it's exactly the same, but a different location. Let's do the airport one because I have some things to say about the airport one. Basically... Blobby and his wife? We did, or Mrs. Girlfriend? Blobby. Is it Mrs. Blobby? Oh, I don't know. I'm just assuming it'd be Mr. Blobby and Mrs. Blobby. Well, they turn up at the airport. Mrs. Blobby, by the way, looks horrific. And to make her <laughs> look like a missus, they put this massive bow on her head and these massive <laughs> fake pearls and these massive, even bigger eyelashes on her. It is, re I think, scarier than Mr. Blobby. I guess a way you could describe it is a really rubbish Mr. Bean almost where it's like cause it's like silent comedy in a Please way isn't it don't put the two of them together no but it is in a way it's no. like silent comedy where anyone can watch it you don't need to speak english to watch all. it i'm not having that at all because even in Noel Edmonds' voiceover, he's not really adding much. He's just saying, like, and Mr. Blobby, he's so busy, sometimes he needs a holiday. Noel Edmonds isn't the most charismatic narrator, I will say. Ah, uh, Mr. Blobby, excuse me, uh, haven't you forgotten something? But I will say, going back and watching it, he hasn't aged. He looks good. He looks exactly the same. He looks the same as he does now, same as he did when he started doing Deal or No Deal. Same hair, same beard, same face. So he's going through the airport and honestly, it's so difficult to even properly remember what happens because it all is so similar where it's him falling over, getting stuck. Oh, that's a big thing in both episodes. He can never fit into things, whether it's through the metal detector or whatever it is. Oh, at the supermarket, he couldn't get through the like entrance bit. So oh, he always ends up yeah. falling over on the floor and he's like... Rawr! Blobby! Blobby! 
Mr. Blobby arrives at the security checkpoint, where hand baggage is scanned and people are searched. Even if he breathes in, he still can't get through. Mr. Blobby ends up probably having a bit of money behind him. He, you know, oh, no one's made a killing from it. His suit wasn't really even ever inflated properly. <laughs> like it looked, it saggy. <laughs> it looked so cheap. It looked dirty as well. It looked like it needed to be cleaned. Yeah, it looked really... Do you see the bottom of his feet? At one point, you see the bottom of his feet, and it was disgusting. It was really filthy. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, what is this? So he gets to the counter... And he's trying to tell, oh, he's choosing what seats he wants to sit in, him and his wife. And for some reason, his wife ends up going through the hold, you know, like the luggage bit on the um, travel aid. Because that's how you treat women. (laughs) In she goes. It's actually really horrible to staff like that is. I feel like because with most kids shows and all the kids shows we've watched so far. Yeah, they promote good things, don't they? But they're trying to kind of teach you things. They're trying to be educational. Tots TV teaching you about sand or Pippin and come outside teaching you about what, everything. Buses. Just that was the little it. things, isn't it? Buses and kind of a rough idea about them. This is just like, well, I mean, I guess maybe it's because it's an evening show. So it wasn't like aimed towards children teaching them things. It was like everything not to do an airport mr blobby did everything wrong yeah you're right and he wasn't funny about this the thing i don't mind gutter comedy when it's like at least you get a cheap laugh like i didn't laugh once watching this i would have rather him just farting all the time and i've been like yeah i know i'm a moron for laughing at this but i'm laughing are you thinking about the stitch up when we watched that and you <laughs> yeah. were laughing loads at the farting joke? You're just thinking about it now and cracking up. There's nothing wrong with a well-placed fart joke. Also, but with Mr. Blobby, oh, Mr. Blobby likes to play pranks. So he puts on like a fake moustache when he's going oh. to get his passport checked. <laughs> it was so stupid. And it's I... like, that, that promotes good things, guys. Imagine your little kid and like thinking, oh, I want to recreate this. Well, you'd go to prison. Well, the sad thing is that's like a time capsule of when Airports could be a fun, nice little place before terrorism. I remember when someone tweeted, didn't they? Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to like bomb an airport. And uh, they got arrested. Or like if you joked about it, like, oh, I wonder if there's going to be a bomb. Then my mum might have lied, actually. My mum told me if you say the word bomb at an airport, you get arrested. I was told the same thing. Wait, maybe it's true then. I no, think I don't it's think true. it is true. But I think it's something you tell kids so they don't joke about it. Because I think I once made a joke about it. I was like, oh, got a bomb in my bag. Uh, I got really told off by my parents. Yeah, I think my brother made jokes like that too. I didn't make jokes like that. It's funny, isn't it? Because back then, that's when you're like fearless. You're like, yeah, I've got a bomb in my bag. Oh, let's get on the plane. <laughs> Whereas now I'm like, oh, I'm so scared to get on the plane. I need to drink two coffees and have a beer. <laughs> yeah, Matt's a really nervous traveller now, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like he's making that joke as if he's like, <laughs> no, like he actually is now. I'm such a little snowflake. Yeah, you are. Oh, yeah, that is how it ends. It's really odd. So Blobby gets through everything, gets onto the plane, and he sat there in first class, I might add. So someone's doing all right. First class didn't look that good. Maybe that's as well, like, the 25 years on, like, things have improved. It was very spacious. Very spacious. I think he was only there, actually, because they couldn't fit him in in economy. He is then shown to the front by a steward, and... No, Edmonds is the pilot, which then freaks out Mr. Blobby. So he runs all the way back to the taxi and somehow Mrs. Blobby is also there and they go home. They get in the taxi and go to Blobby land. Well, they don't say that. They just say like Blobby, Blobby, Blobby. And the taxi man goes, 
oh, blobby land. Oh, I just come from there. And off he drives. I mean, it's shameless promotion. Because even at the start in the voiceover, it's like, oh, and when Mr. Blobby's not living in blobby land, he sometimes likes to go on holiday. Oh, and also, um, when we watched the shopping one, it was in Asda. Oh, there was a lot of... Uh, there was a lot of promo there. Placement. Yeah, there was. We'll set the scene in the second episode. It's Mr. Blobby going shopping. He buys a pair of trainers. He goes to Asda. He does some product placement. He ro- rolls around a lot. And he makes the noise blobby a lot. You sort of think, oh, he's going to get in trouble by the manager because, of course, he would. He's being just outrageous. Also, the plastic usage. I mean, I think this is going to be something that's only recently we watch things and they now date. I mean, he, he was like doing this joke thing where, you know, all these little plastic bags, he used to have to put your fruit and veg in, and he'd like pull them all out and just like running around the supermarket with it, like doing a trail of it. Yeah, and, so um, much waste, wasn't there? And then he gets rewarded that he sort of had this manager like kind of stalking him a little bit in a suit. So he's sort of like, oh, he's going to get in trouble. And then at the end, he goes, you're my millionth customer. So your shopping is free. And it's awful because he's putting all the food on the like conveyor belt and it's all kind of wasted. And I just kept thinking, oh, there's people who are starving. I don't want to sound like that person, but it was so excessive with his like, a massive quotation marks because it's not but jokes mm. it is like as i've said that's very kind of all the bad things about the 90s it is that very kind of it is excess he's so loud oh, he is so loud guys i can't believe he got to number one honestly bob the builder also got to number one didn't he well bob and obviously um our kind of generation crazy frog got to number one oh, yeah. see that was the beginning that was the beginning of mobile phones, wasn't it? Because yep. that was a ringtone. And is it on all the music channels, wasn't it? It's mm-hmm. like, text this number for ring, ding, 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 ding. Yeah, you used to have to text numbers, didn't you? And buy your own ringtone. See, even that is now technically a remember this. That's true. Yeah, you're right, though. That is funny. Just in like 10, 15 years, how mobile phones have mm-hmm. developed. You could see from the beginning how everything was ending up going to be revolving around them in the sense that Crazy Frog went to number one because it was just this ringtone and everyone wanted it to be their ringtone. And That's true. And do you remember the second single they did? It's like... Did- I mean, that's catchier than Mr. Blobby, as bad as it is. So did you guys go to Blobby Land? Did you watch Mr. Blobby? I don't know if it was before our time, maybe, because this was like early 90s, 93, 94, like that sort of time. He was finished by 98. Yeah. And obviously then I would have been seven. I don't remember watching Noel's house party, but I do remember watching Mr. Blobby. Yeah, like I said, I just remember him turning up to places and turning up to TV shows. But if you went to his theme park, I would genuinely really like to know. So please email me because I find that stuff kind of fascinating. I love a creepy theme park, basically. Isn't it weird that Noel Edmonds was like the Graham Norton of the 90s? Yeah, but that's also a big thing because he then went from kind of hero to zero and then bought it back with um, Deal or No Deal. And it was like a really big thing, like Noel Edmonds He's is back. back. And he used to do these little drawings on his hands. Do you remember? <laughs> no. So he like was part, I mean, it wasn't like a cult or anything, but he believed in these certain things that is what got him his career back. So he would draw symbols on his hand and it was something to do with that. I love that. Well, I love I that love from that. him, don't you? I was a bit like, oh, everyone hated him for it. But I was like, oh, look at him. He always wore a jazzy shirt. He always wore like a floral shirt. It's very eccentric, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's. A, I think he'd be very an interesting guy. Actually, I think he'd have a lot to say. Putting it out there for the vision board, would love to get Noel Edmonds on. Remember this. Oh, that would be insane. He would have some stories, wouldn't he? 
And I think he's genuinely very enthusiastic about the industry as well, considering it kind of took him to the top, spit him back out again and brought him back. You know, they, it's kind of treated him well, but also treated him badly, the industry. I think he can tell he's very passionate about it. Gemma, would you like to introduce Stitch Up? So I chose a TV show that me and my brother used to really enjoy watching growing up. It was kind of one of the ones I watched a bit later on. I think this was towards the end of my time with CBBC. I was like, oh, there's not as much I like on here, but I do like this show. And it's called Stitch Up with an exclamation mark at the end of it. I don't really hear it being talked about that much. Matt never watched it, so please let me know if you did or was it just me? I always really, really enjoyed it. I remember really wanting to be in it or wanting to be like part of it or someone stitching me up. You wanted to be in it? Yeah, I'm not acting in it, but I remember I wanted to be like pranked by one of the stitched up people. You wanted to be stitched up? Yeah, I did. Or when they come to your school, I was like, oh, I'd love it if they came to our school. That's so funny because you hate that sort of thing now. I used to absolutely love it. Stitch Up is a surreal CBBC children's hidden camera show in which pranks are played on the general public. It was originally broadcast in early 2002 and was repeated until 2008 on the CBBC channel. When CBBC began to focus even more on their target audience of under 12s, pranks were played all over the UK, with most taking place in London and the South East, although some specials were filmed abroad. In contrast to other CBBC programmes, Stitch Up was aimed at older children and teenagers. Aimed at people who don't really have a grasp of comedy. Oh, that's really harsh. You laughed at it. I laughed at the fart joke. But imagine if you were 12, how much would you have loved that show? You would have loved it. You and Geordie would have loved it. There were some bits that were quite good, but a lot of it was just too... You could tell, like, an adult was writing it. Does that make Mm. sense? Whereas, like, standing next to someone with little signs saying, who ate all the pies, and there's a a stranger eating a pie. It's like, it's not funny. I think they always were quite good in the sense that it was very much a sketch show, and some of the sketches would be very, very short. Mm. My probably favourite now watching it, but they were my least favourite growing up, were the, um, like, Banana Barbershop. Oh, the barbershop quartet. Yeah, where they dress up as fruit and sing to people in the public and then obviously go, happy birthday, Joanne, from Steve. And then like an old lady go, I'm not Joanne. <laughs> and I used to hate that growing up. was actually re-watching it now. I re- probably enjoyed that joke more than the others. So even if some of the sketches, like the one you just sort of mentioned where they hold up the signs, that's how they always open their show. It'd be a different sign. But it was literally probably last, what, 20 seconds? There are some hits and misses. Who was your favourite out of them? Because you had like the Cockney Kid. The Cockney Kid by Miles. There was like an adult, like teenager kind of actor in there. There was a girl who was fooling around, like pretending to be not disabled, but she had like a broken leg. Yeah, she did quite a good one, actually. She had quite a good stitch up where it was she worked at a cinema and she would ruin the films or pretend to ruin the films. This is where you used to actually go to cinema and queue up and buy a ticket. And then she'd be going, oh, yeah, I saw that yesterday. Really good, actually. Oh, so sad when he dies at the end, isn't it? And then I was like, oh, you ruined the movie for me. She's like, oh, no, it's fine because it turns out it's a twist and he's not actually dead. And the woman's like, what? So I thought that was quite a good little, you know, that's quite a good little one. And it wasn't too... In comparison to Mr. Blobby, I don't think Stitch Up was actually too over the top. No, that's true. It was a bit more subtle, actually. It reminds me a lot of um, Dom Jolly's show. 
Yes. What was that called? Happy something. Trigger something. Trigger happy. Trigger happy TV. It was a very kind of similar kind of Dom Jolly, which is a really big compliment. Dom Jolly was incredibly successful with that show. So I feel like Stitch Up was what their kind of content was. They did well at I thought, but I used to love the Cockney guy. I always thought he was really cool. He was good at accents, wasn't he? He did an Australian accent. He did the Cockney. Like, it was quite good. I thought he was very, very cool. And I remember feeling like he was quite grown up. I'm thinking, oh, he's old. He's like a proper teenager. Like he oh felt. God, he looks like 12. No, but I remember <laughs> obviously I was really little and I'm thinking he seemed quite cool and like grown up. And also a great regional accent. You, I feel like especially in kind of, he was a presenter. That's what he was. He was a presenter and actor in the show. You don't actually hear that many regional accents. I feel like a lot of the presenters have that very... Oh, media English almost. Yes, exactly. Everything's overpronounced, especially when we saw kind of Fern Cotton where she tried to actually do a slight fake Cockney accent in um, Fingertips, but her and Stephen Mahan, it's basically them shouting, overpronouncing their kind of words. So I actually really liked hearing quite a few regional and London accents. I liked that. I think that made it actually feel like it has a bit more of an edge to it. And they had it filmed, they're filmed doing pranks in Trafalgar Square, in Camden Lock. In Covent Garden. In Covent Garden. And he also did a really good one. His pranks, I think he got the best pranks actually. So his was going up to people in the street who looked slightly but not really much like a celebrity. Yeah, like he did Danny DeVito. And he did The Rock. rock. That was quite funny. Also, how crazy is it that The Rock was seen as such a big... And that's when he was just a wrestler, so... Oh, yeah, because this guy wasn't on steroids or anything. He was just like a lean kind of guy, wasn't he? Yeah. He also used um, to do Kanga Wonga radio, where they would ring a telephone box and someone would just like go in and answer it. And he'd be like, you're live on Kanga Wonga Australian radio and get them to do things and just hang up. That felt quite real as well to be fair because with these shows i always question how authentic it is because sometimes it must be so obvious oh yeah i'm being filmed i feel like this stitch up is probably the most relevant today in the sense that this kind of concept is still going but now on youtube YouTube, which is where you definitely be able to see this tv show kind of you could see the actors being youtubers and being successful at it but I feel like YouTube pranks, oh my, they are so over the top, so fake, so set up. It feels very unauthentic. And I think actually Stitch Up, you could tell it was really real. Sometimes in sentence that was a bit disappointing where you could tell them like, you've been stitched up. And they were a bit like, okay. Well, unfortunately in the episode we watched, the most disappointing Stitch Up was the last one and was the one with the most airtime as well. Yeah. Whereas basically the premise is they've got a synchronised swimming team thinking that they're performing for an advert for... Scrubbers. Yeah, for um, J-cloths. It's just so long-winded. And also it's really creepy. It was a bit because they're all relatively youngish girls very young I thought and there was a lot of like underwater shots where it's just like bums and he was like yeah you've got to say the line sexy and you know yeah the director's there telling and this is like a proper bloke saying oh yeah you got to make it really sexy oh yeah come on he's trying to be kind of a stereotype of a director obviously and the whole kind of oh yeah it's dirty because it was like you know cleaning things and also the term scrubbers I mean they never said that terminology but obviously very close it was very very close um so i think that definitely wouldn't be made today i quite liked that some of the reactions you could tell they're real they're a bit i really liked there was a really surreal one called owl watch and you got the cockney guy in a little booth talking about you know he's there sat with his binoculars as if he's watching the owls and then the owl is actually a guy in an owl costume running around a car park 
you know, that car, I quite liked that. Like, there is something to it, isn't there? Matt loved the one where it's two old men making fart noises in a lift. <laughs> <laughs> Matt really, Matt laughed out loud on that one. He can, he can be as mean about Stitch Up as he wants, but you laughed. I couldn't help myself. I loved this show. It was a good, I swear this was one that was on again at like between three and four o'clock, just as you get home from school. It was towards the end of kind of the CBBC time yeah, slot. Before, because once Blue Peter came on, that's when I, I used to switch off. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, that's probably the end of the children's shows now. Oh, you didn't watch Blue Peter? No, I didn't really like it. I found <gasps> it boring. You didn't watch like Connie and Mabel and... I found it boring. I know Matt Baker used to be on there as well, he didn't he? He was brilliant at it. And um, Simon, Simon Thomas? Yep. The guy who's now on Sky Sports. Oh, he was lovely in it as well. We had, I think our generation, maybe all generations say this, but our generation had the best Blue Peter lineup, in my opinion. Blue Peter's still going? Is it still on? I think it might have ended recently, like in the past five years. It's a really random memory, but I really liked when I used to go in the garden and didn't they have like a turtle or something? They had some animals out there. He was like 100 years old and oh, it was was amazing. I used to like that. But now I used to find it a bit boring. I don't know why. But I mean, this type of show I would always watch at my, um, nan and granddad's and I think it's easy on the in the background isn't it whereas Mr Blobby like demands your attention this is like nice to watch in the background like oh yeah oh, okay. I wouldn't say that at all I think it's very very kind of similar how Mr Blobby is very 90s I feel like this is very 2000 it's very noughties where it's all kind of those quick cuts also the music we need to talk about the music first of all the theme song I think is pretty cool it's okay it's very Brit poppy I like that. I like, I think it's, it's a bit, you know, it's trying to be cool, but I think it succeeded. But we had, so we only watched one episode, but we had The Strokes, we had Beck and we had Iggy Pop. Yeah, there's some good music on there, to be fair. And then it has the quite quick cuts. I think it wanted to be a cool, slightly older TV show. And I think it succeeded. You loved it, didn't you? I loved it. But did you love it re-watching it then? Because I didn't hear you laughing. I mean, it's not as funny as I remember, but... I, I still remember thinking the Cockney guy's really talented. He's not gone on to do anything. Which have have any of them gone on to do anything? The girl uh, was a CBBC presenter for many, many years, and she now is a presenter and voiceover for Full Music. But he didn't go on to do much, unfortunately. But rewatching it now, I remember thinking, oh, he is good. I remember watching this thinking, oh, he's good. I can stand by that. There's also the remote control kid. Was it remote control kid? Oh, yeah, the remote control kid. Yep. And he was always, I think he was one of my favourites. He would always kind of the earpiece scenario. Well, the one that Anton Deck plagiarised for Saturday Night Takeaway. Basically. I don't know, maybe Anton Deck Or maybe they came first, I don't know. Maybe, but it was that very much kind of earpiece and he would go into a store or go into different places and they'd tell him what to do. But this one wasn't very funny. Like he went in to buy a speaker and then basically he was just being told normal things. Oh, is it really loud? And then he put on Bob the Builder and started dancing to it. And I was like, oh. oh that's quite funny. Yeah, but I always think the earpiece, you've got such a license to be really weird or obtuse. You can make them feel really awkward and they just didn't really push it. I know they're kids, but, you know, you, you can you'd still what be you, weird. What would you have had them do then? Go in there and then say, you have to go up to the cell assistant and like lower your voice and say, I've done a bit of poo. And I don't know what to do. Oh, that's, I mean, see, that is immature. <laughs> yeah, but it's a kid's show. They're trying to be cool and a bit older. It's like, they're kind of like I've done a little poo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go in there and um, speak to the person and say, how much do you want? And he was like, well, what do you mean? For the whole shop, how much? I'm buying it. That's quite funny. If you went in there, I'm buying, I'm buying the shop. 
yeah, my, my dad's, uh, or my mum is the blah, blah, blah. Oh, but no, then they might get really excited. No, because it's a little kid down there. It's not real, right? I thought it'd been funny if he tried to buy a speaker. I thought it was going to go down that reaction where it's like fake money or he only had like a tenner. He's like, oh, five. Oh, yeah, I've got five pounds. Yeah, here you go. And then they're having to be like, oh, no, it's not enough. That's what I mean. Now, I just felt in this episode, he could have pushed it a bit further. And I feel like it was very much a dad joke. It was like, how much is a speaker? 500 pounds or so. That's, wow. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. And going, oh, do I get a car with that? What, you mean I don't get a car? Oh, I'll take my business elsewhere. That's a dad joke. A, yeah. a 40-year-old man wrote that That's joke. what I mean. That's what I was saying. Like, a lot of it did feel like you, you could really hear the voices of the writers. And it's like, a, a kid's not going to say that. I will say, so the song, so Remote Control Kid does have a little song. He has a little jingle. My brother changed the words of that to taunt me as a child. He changed it to Constipated Kid. CK. Yeah, he, no, he only abbreviated later on when mum told him off for calling me constipated kid too much in public. So he would call me CK, which is why <laughs> I will never be the biggest fan of Calvin Klein as a brand. But um, oh. that ruined one of my holidays. It was, in, it was in Stockholm as well, nice place. But Josh would just sing that song, but change the lyrics to constipated kid. And I, yeah. Well, let's play the song now. Let's bring back some old memories, Jim. <laughs> So, Gemma, you seem like it lived up to your nostalgic memories of it. You seem to enjoy it. It's exactly how I remembered. That's and that's quite, a good yeah. thing. That's quite a good thing. Because whereas Mr. Blobby, we were both like horrified by it. It was awful. Like, at least this for you was, yeah, it was how you remembered it. That's a nice thing, isn't it? Yeah, I feel like it would still be successful today, but just like a few slight changes. I feel like it would have been a good YouTube channel. Mainly the Cockney guy. It's great in it. I loved how it was set in London. It was like all Covent Garden. I like that. I felt a bit more exciting. I thought it was good. And I quite like, you know, it's not, I definitely have watched it in the past, but I wasn't an avid viewer. I thought it was quite good as well. It was okay. Like it wasn't amazing. And I, I yeah, sure. I laughed at the farting bit, but that wasn't even with the kids in it. That was two old men. The theme song and the songs throughout deserve a 10 out of 10. I do agree. I mean, they have Soundtrack's Oasis. Soundtrack's very other, good. Yeah, they have Oasis and other episodes. I think 10 out of 10 on the music-wise. Again, definitely a 40-year-old man being like, what's cool? Oh, Oasis are cool. I'll put them in it. But Oasis are cool, so it's fine. Again, I think it's one I can add to the Hangover playlist where you just need something on in the background just to kind of, you know... I still think it's too loud for that. I don't think it is. I didn't think it was that loud at all. Maybe that's because we watched it straight after Mr. Blobby. I thought it was quite soothing. I was like, oh, I... I could almost fall asleep. And I mean it in a compliment way. Mr. Blobby, though, is just an offensive to all of your senses where I think after that, anything would be nice. Mr. Blobby leaves like a not very nice taste in your mouth. <laughs> very sour. And that just about wraps up this week's episode of Remember This. We hope you've enjoyed your stay and sorry to bring back memories of Mr. Blobby. But hopefully, if you haven't seen Stitch Up, you can go and watch it and enjoy it. I've been Matt Bentley-Viney. I've been Gemma Bentley-Viney. You will hear from us next Monday, 6am. If you haven't already, please rate and subscribe to the podcast and tell friends about it. And here's a little thing for you. Tell two people about the podcast, get them to listen to it. And then if they tweet in, I will do some videos on Instagram pretending to be Mr. Blobby. Oh, don't say that. And Gemma will film it. I'm not participating in that. And then I Je- don't even want to look at that. Why would anyone want that? That's horrible. And then Gemma can be Mrs. Blobby.
Absolutely not. No, come on, you can do it. And we'll do it that we're like taking the dog for a walk. Or we're just falling over. And we're falling over. And we're saying our names. Are we saying Blobby or are we just going like, Jimmy, 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 Jimmy? No, we're doing Blobby. We're going full Blobby. So you got that to look forward to. Oh, that is awful. Never doing that, ever. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you.